buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 52. Today we're going to chat with Zena Amirani from March for Our Rights. Malcolm needs to learn some gun safety rules, and we're going to talk about our recent AK project. Today's panel is Sean Heron, and I'm Ava Flannell. And we're glad to be here. Super glad. <laughs> As always. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It is Monday. It is, yeah. Yeah. I, everyone hates Mondays. I like Mondays. Yeah, I'm kind of just, I mean, I don't really, when you work every day, Mondays don't really mean much to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, before we get started, uh, to learn more about our guests, let's talk about Manicore Arms. All right, so Manicore Arms, what are we talking about today? So you and I are both working on an AK project. Oh, dang. And uh, we are using some of their handguards on our AKs. We are. So I've actually had the Alpha Rail extended on mine for quite a while, and that actually has two top covers on it, so it takes it all the way out towards the front sight end of the muzzle. And those those are pretty nice. You liked mine? Yeah, it looked good. It it definitely extended, you know, like the handguard yeah. by having two of them on there. But it does look nice. It, it's, it has like a nice sleek design. And uh, I'm actually going to be using their their bottom handguard cover yep. for my AK, which we're putting on this week. Which is just the Alpha Rail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a really nice design. And they're priced really well. Yeah. They- we were, we've been looking at AK products for the last week. I'm like, this is a gun made just literally by people in a field, yet it's going to cost like $200 for this piece that I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the wood furniture and stuff. Yes. So if you guys are thinking about buying any AK products or, I mean, AR or anything, like Manicore Arms makes products for a bunch of different types of guns they out do. there. You can go use the code uh, GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off, which is pretty big. Yeah. So amazing. And that is manicorearms.com. All right, cool. Let's get into this and talk to our guest. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Well, Zena, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking. So, tell us a little bit. Uh, how did we? How did we come across you? What do you do that that is firearms related? Okay, so basically, um, a few months ago, a couple other students and I started an organization called March for Our Rights, and we're basically a pro Second Amendment organization that works to defend the Second Amendment and promote school safety through social media education and peaceful demonstration. So basically, we educate people through using social media outlets such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We create educational posts and videos, just stats relating to gun use, gun violence, gun safety, and basically kind of debunk the myth that guns are responsible for gun violence. And we also organize peaceful demonstrations such as marches, rallies, and counter-protests around the country. And what made you want to get started doing this? Well, I originally was like always a libertarian, always like right leaning, but the whole issue of gun rights kind of spoke to me after a series of shootings that unfortunately went on this past year, the Las Vegas shooting, the um, Parkland shooting, I would just see pieces after pieces 
articles after articles in the media just talking about how guns were evil, how there needs to be gun control, how America's the only country that doesn't have sufficient gun control. And I just kind of thought back to my own, um, I guess, my own lineage and history. And um, my family's Iranian, and they come from a country that has a lot of gun control and a country that there's also a lot of government control. And the people don't really have any ability or right to stand up against their governments. And I believe that one of the reasons is because all the people are disarmed. So they're just in this really, really unfortunate position where the government has so much control over them. And I just don't want to see that be the situation for the United States. Zina, you mentioned uh, your heritage there. Have you talked to some of the people maybe in your family tree uh, about what you're doing and what are their thoughts on it? Um, yes, basically everyone in my family knows what I'm doing and they're honestly all really supportive of it. My mom kind of worries for me because she worries that becoming a public figure and becoming an activist kind of endangers me. But aside from that, they're really supportive of the actual cause. Are your, is your family members, are they here in the U.S. or are they back home? Well, I mean, my parents and my sister live here and then all my aunts and uncles and extended family live in Iran. Okay. Now, Zena, you're a college student and... You know, I see the news. All college students are against guns and against the Second Amendment. And, you know, <laughs> how, how do yes, you rectify that's that? exactly what we're trying to counter. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that people have that assumption? Well, I think it's because, unfortunately, a lot of college students actually are. And that's just due to um, their lack of knowledge and their lack of education regarding the history of our nation and the importance of the Second Amendment, but also it's just what the media tends to promote. The media tends to paint this picture of all young people being against the Second Amendment, and even when organizations like us organize events that prove otherwise, the media hates to cover us. We barely get any coverage despite doing like big rallies, despite doing like major events. The media just doesn't want to report on us. Would you say that there's a culture of indoctrination in higher education against 2A and gun rights and things like that? Um, I would say yes, just because I feel like a lot of professors have that perspective. And college is a time when professors are allowed to express their own views. So a lot of professors express their own views and students who aren't politically inclined otherwise and just think that the best way to get an A is listen to what the professors say end up adopting those views. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. That that was the one thing, because I went to school in New York City, and uh, uh-huh. all the teachers were always, like, anti-gun, and it just annoyed me, because I think, you know, in college, that's when you're kind of figuring yourself out and sort of formulating your own ideas, and it's kind of difficult to do when your professor, perhaps somebody that you look up to, is sort of pushing those, you know, the ideology on you. Exactly. So how long has March for Your Rights been around? So we were, became an official organization in May, but we've been working and developing it since about um, late March, early April. Wow. So you guys are still really, you know, really new. How is it that you've yeah, been able, really but yet you've, I mean, you guys have covered quite a bit. There's There's rallies and stuff in other states. So how is it that you're able to reach you know, have Um, such a far reach. It's honestly all social media. Like it's amazing what social media can do. We're entirely student led. So all of our um, people are either like all of our staff is basically either high school, college, with a couple people who just recently graduated. But overall, we're like entirely student led. So um, 
we just kind of reach other students through various social media platforms, mostly through Instagram, but also through like Facebook groups for other pro 2A or just like conservative organizations like Turning Point and PragerU. Like we just reach out and recruit those students as well. Where, where did your thoughts and what kind of where did your activism come from? You mentioned that you saw some some things that happened in the media and you wanted to represent the other side of that. But these are these are not something that you probably just picked up over the summer. Like, obviously, you have deep um, thoughts on the Second Amendment, firearms ownership in the United States. You know, where where did that come from? Was it just like something that you've felt since a young age? Did it come from family? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I've been libertarian for a while. I personally think that limited government is the best form of government. And that kind of comes from my background and the fact that my family is Iranian and comes from a place where government definitely is not limited. And kind of considering all of that, being a libertarian since I was like 12 or 13 years old, so like a pretty young kid, like the support for the Second Amendment in our Constitution was always just something that like spoke to me. And this was just an opportunity and a time that I thought that our voices need to be heard. So we acted on it. That's a pretty mature mindset for a 12 year old. I was worried about video games and you're like, oh, you know, I think we need limited government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was a nerdy kid, I guess. And do you mind if I ask what your age is now? I'm 19 right now. So do you think that, do you think that it, it's hard for you to be taken seriously at your age? Yes. I mean, I reach out to like a lot of like major pro 2A organizations and a lot of times people are like, who's this like little girl? Like, what does she want? And I feel like that's definitely been the case for a while, but as our movement's gotten stronger and bigger, I've definitely gained more respect. I mean, now I'm in contact with the CRPA, with the NRA, like with major organizations who look at me and they're like, wow, she's actually capable of doing what she's trying to do or what she claims she can do. But definitely at first, before I had the establishment of my organization, before we had our mass social media following, people, when I was very much in the grassroots, people would see who was reaching out to them. And it was usually me and like a couple other young females. And they'd be like... Who are these girls? Like, what what could they possibly want? Makes sense. So we we have definitely seen a lot of publicity for the other side for for students and things that are they're anti two A. Um, have you had any encounters with any of these people? Would you like to talk to them? Um, um, yeah. So I've had a lot of really interesting encounters. The first time I went to a March for Our Lives event. I was wearing a pro 2A shirt just because I was like, let's talk. Like, you know, ask me about my shirt so we can talk about it. I thought that's what was going to happen. What actually happened is that the security guards wouldn't let me in and they threatened to call the police on me. Um, so Jeez. that was interesting. Um, my little sister who was there with her pet pygmy goat um, was actually physically pushed out by the security guards. And she's a kid. So it was just crazy how they treated us. The second day, I dressed like regular clothes, whatever. I went back. They didn't recognize me. And I got to meet and kind of like debate with David Hogg, who's kind of like the head of March for Our Lives. He wasn't really able to answer my questions, and I had to leave eventually. And then the one more time I got to interact with the other side was basically there was a recent march against the NRA. And my group went there to counter protest and we actually met with a lot of the protesters and they were relatively friendly and we kind of had lunch together and just talked about our different views. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, would you say that David Hogg is a figurehead or would you say that he's a thinking individual that formulates a lot of his own thoughts and doesn't just regurgitate the propaganda of the left? 
Okay, contrary to popular belief, I actually think he's a lot smarter than people kind of play him out to be. Because hearing him speak, I feel like a lot of what he said was genuine, and he was actually more willing to listen to the other side, like to our side, I guess, than like a lot of other activists who were on the same panel with him. A lot of other people were like, oh, ban all guns, ban the guns from the cops. And I was like, oh, wow. But he was a lot more open to some pro-2A ideas, but I do think he's being encouraged or paid or pressured by someone to basically destroy the name of the NRA, because he would say, I'm still for the Second Amendment, I still support this, this, and this, but end the NRA, like, just out of a sudden, randomly, and I was like, there's no way that, like, end the NRA fits in to what this kid claims to believe, so I just think that somebody's using, some lobby group or something must be using him as a counterpoint against the NRA, and he's having a hard time kind of incorporating that into his own actual views. Yeah, makes sense. So tell me your specific views personally, Zena, on firearms ownership in the United States. I personally think that no kind of gun should be banned because a gun at the end of the day is an inanimate object. That being said, I do think that certain people should be restricted from owning firearms. If you commit a crime, you already give up so many of your rights once you're sentenced. And I think that it's fair that if you commit a violent crime, your Second Amendment rights can also be compromised. I think that at the end of the day, um, the Second Amendment right is a constitutional right. And the only time that it should be considered compromised by the government is if there's an issue of major national security, which is often the case with other rights as well. And I think that the only time that these issues could arise is if, if someone's a criminal, if someone's a domestic abuser, or if someone is violently mentally unstable. I think that in those situations, there should be some kind of trial or some kind of due process in order to determine whether the firearms can be taken from the individual or whether they can be banned from obtaining them. But I think that in any other case, basically every kind of firearm should be legal. So, yeah. So you think that civilians in the United States should be allowed to own AR-15s if they choose to do so? Of course. Right. Uh, I like it, and I completely 100% agree. What do you think is the biggest problem with firearms activism in the United States? I think that the media is really, really, really unwilling to paint us as who we are, which is a very diverse and different group of Americans who just support our Constitution. It happens time and time again, even at our events, where like CNN shows up or like ABC shows up and they only they interview me, they interview that white guy and then they only air that white guy. And I'm like, wow, why is it that? I, like a brown first-generation American, I'm never interviewed about my support for the Second Amendment. Why is it that all of the Hispanic or Asian-American kids who show up to our protests or the African-American kids are never shown? Why is it always that one white guy with the beard that they air? And it's just because I feel like the mainstream likes to create this narrative of like Southern white gun culture, and they and that kind of alienates every other activist who would actually support that cause. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And that, that is what you see a lot of. You see the, the guys with the beards and tattoos that are open carrying high point carbines and things like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which makes it tough. So what would you say your organization has accomplished so far? Um, well, we've actually done a lot more than people, um, like recognize. We, after the Santa Fe shooting happened in Texas, we wrote to the governor of Texas asking him to secure schools by promoting school safety through putting armed security officers on every um, high school and middle school campus in order to stop a shooter as opposed to, like, you know, passing any gun control laws. And then Texas came out with the firearm and school safety plan, and they 
basically called for exactly that. And a couple of weeks later, um, when I checked our like organizational office mailbox, we had 300 letters, all from the governor of Texas, written to every single student who signed on to that letter. And he basically told us that he respected our views, that he listened to our views, and that he considered them when passing this proposition, and that he was really, really thankful that there were students out there actively supporting and working for the Second Amendment. So that's one thing we accomplished. We also write a lot to a lot of other politicians. Like we wrote to the governor of California. He unfortunately wasn't nearly as friendly. We've had rallies with major pro-Second Amendment speakers in Washington, D.C., in Los Angeles, and Chicago. We've gained, the national, we've gained national attention from Fox, from ABC, from a bunch of big news organizations where we've been able to talk about our platform. We also um, collaborated with the NRA on discounted student memberships and other things like that. And what, what is your platform specifically that you guys founded on? Instagram. We have, we started out on Instagram and we kind of spread to other social media platforms and we basically just work to spread the idea or the message that um, the Second Amendment should not be infringed upon and that schools should be secured by different methods of actual security as opposed to gun control. So you mentioned that your mom fears backlash. Has there been any like publicly, personally at your school? Yeah, so um, a lot of people I used to consider my friends completely cut me off after realizing that I gained, after like seeing me on the media and after seeing that I gained this kind of attention, basically. And also, like, my car was broken into once. I have no idea if that had anything to do with this, but like, coincidentally, it happened exactly the day after I first made my first appearance on Fox News. So maybe <laughs> it had something to do with that. And I always just have people like, I mean, when I went to that one March for Our Lives event, I got threatened to have the police called on me and be arrested. So I just have people reacting very, like, violently, I'd say, to my message, which is ironic since they're the ones, like, claiming peace and accusing us of violence. Yeah, dang. I do want to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take just a quick break and hear from one of our advertisers. Once again, we're talking to Zina Amirani from March for Our Rights, and we'll be right back. All right. Hackett Equipment. Right now, so as you know, like their newest bag, their SBR bag is coming out and uh, we're going to be testing that here pretty soon. Yep. Big Bertha. But I was talking to Greg from Hackett Equipment. He's actually going to give our Patreons a nice little bundle discount if they buy the range bag, the two range bags, the the Big Bertha or the EDC, the smaller range bag. And then if they bundle that up with the SBR bag. We recently just went shooting. We used it. Yeah. I it's, actually want, yeah. Go ahead. It, it holds a lot of stuff. And I was just, I was just going to say that I really want that rifle bag because I had to lay in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, to take pictures. Yeah. And then you got my guns dirty and yeah. it was, it was, uh, it, yeah, we, we went shooting outside. It was pretty dirty. So that would definitely come in handy. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to be getting the, the newer bag here in the next couple of weeks, trying it out. And then they're going to start producing it and selling it to the public. So we're pretty excited about that. But they always have some cool stuff going on. And the bags are just such great quality and really affordable. Yeah. And I know that they actually offer our our listeners a discount. Yeah. That is if you use the code GUNFUNNY, you'll get 10% off. Also, if you're a Patreon, there's extra discounts in the Patreon Facebook group. So become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash GUNFUNNY. And you get extra discounts on Hackett Equipment Bags. 
for a limited time. So you should become a Patreon today and that'll do it. Hack Equipment, thanks so much for the support. All right, we're back with Zena Emirani from March for Our Rights. So you mentioned the violence. Like, obviously, peaceful protest is a right that we have in this country. I think it's awesome. I'm glad that people do it, whether it's a point that I agree with or disagree with. It doesn't matter to me. I just like people getting up off the couch and getting out and doing things. Let's talk a little bit about the violence. Have you seen any uh, at any of the protests or, or demonstrations that you have organized? Yeah, so I, even though our protesters have never been violent at our first big LA rally. We had some counter protesters come at us with an axe, which I thought was ridiculous. Like if you're out here angry that people are calling for gun rights, it means that you're calling for gun control. And if you're calling for gun control, you should probably be calling for axe control too. If you're so crazy that you can't run out a group of kids, basically college students protesting for something with an axe because you disagree with them. And of course the police, like we had a police protected protest because we legally filed for a permit and everything months ahead of time. So the police were able to stop them and like deter them immediately. But it was just like crazy and terrifying that that's the reaction that our first event faced. If ever a reason to conceal carry a handgun, it's (laughs) to defend against people who rush you with an axe. Exactly. No kidding. What? Exactly. Like, thankfully, we had police there who were able to protect us. But on a daily basis, when I don't have a permanent protest and I'm just walking down the street, I'm not going to just have a police officer right behind me ready to protect me. Absolutely. So what happened to the person with the axe? Did they were they just, you know, slap on the wrist and then were told to yeah, leave I'm or did they? I'm not sure. So I know that like a couple of police officers physically removed him and then I never followed up on it. So I was busy. I mean, I was speaking at that rally. We had a bunch of press there. So it was like that the guy with the axe wasn't my first concern as long as everyone was safe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a what a crazy maniac. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it was kind of terrifying. And it was just ironic because the day that we had our protest, Antifa decided to also have national protests. So he could have been with them. And the Comic-Con was also happening in Los Angeles. So maybe it was just someone, some weird person from Comic-Con. I'm not sure. But there was just like a lot of commotion going on there. <laughs> that would be awesome. He was just cosplaying. He's like, what, what, what? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell us, like, what is it like being in California and being pro-gun? I mean, it's interesting. Um, I used to be really... um secretive about my views i guess like up until the whole march for our rights thing i didn't really um talk about my views i was a gun writer for like my campus newspaper and that was about one of my campus newspapers so that was about the most that people really knew about my views unless they followed me on twitter or something and saw me tweet but after i became a political figure i Definitely, I'm a lot more open about it now, and I get interesting reactions. If it's strangers, they usually just ignore me. Like, some people just give me dirty looks when I'm wearing, like, a 2A shirt or something, but they generally just ignore me. A lot of my friends have been actually really supportive or at least open-minded, which is really cool. But then I've also had a lot of friends who've entirely cut me off. Like, I was talking to them two days ago. They see me on Fox or something, and then suddenly I'm blocked on Instagram. I'm blocked on Facebook. I'm my numbers delete block from their phone and I try to reach out like, Hey, what's up? What's wrong? Never hear back from them. I ask another friend and they're like, Oh, they're just, they just don't feel comfortable with your activism. (laughs) So it's kind of difficult as far as like friendships go. Like a lot of young girls in California are very, very like closed minded against my views, but I would say that's probably the worst, but maybe that's just because I value my friends and it kind of hurts to see them cut off like that. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you ever cut somebody off for a view that they had that you disagreed with? 
Absolutely not. I've talked to people who have all different kinds of views, even people who are like racist or Islamophobic or just like hateful against me and my heritage, like something I can't even control, right? I'm still like, okay, I'll talk to you. I'll see why you have this view versus those people are cutting me off over a view that isn't even like hateful or like um, close-minded against any group of people. It's just supportive of the rights of our country. So it's just crazy how, I don't know, how people view friendship if they think that it's so unvaluable that they can just cut me off over my support for literally like the foundation of our nation. Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. Now you just mentioned, you know, Islamophobia and all these different things. I think historically in the U.S., gun rights and things like that have been represented as rednecks and people who hate, we'll say, we'll just flat out say it, like racists and things like that. I don't think that's true. But when you reach oh, out, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. When you reach out to these organizations and things, obviously your name doesn't sound like you know Bob Smith. Have you received any backlash? Have you received any hatred? Have you received any um, negative reaction at all from people um, on the right? From the right, I have a little bit, but it's mostly just trolls on the internet. Like people just like I don't know, making fun of what I look like or like my nose or like yeah, my name or ethnicity. But it's, like, always just, like, random, irrelevant people online. But as far as actual, like, organizations and established individuals and political figures go, like, no. Literally everyone on the right has been so friendly and open, no matter what. Like, the NRA never made, like, any issue about my name or anything. Like, even really, really, like, provocative individuals, like Milo Yiannopoulos, reached out to me and they were, like, wow, like, what you're doing is awesome. Like, I totally support you guys. Even though, like, you know, Milo kind of has, like, the persona of being Islamophobic or being racist or whatever. So it just kind of shows, like, how no, I don't think any major figure is really judging me based on my ethnicity or my name. That's that's really great to hear. Have you, uh, have you been getting enough involvement for March for Our Rights? As far as students go, it's interesting because some areas we have people that are really involved, especially like Los Angeles, which is surprising because you wouldn't think that like Los Angeles is the place for, you know, Second Amendment movement. But then there's some places, probably places where gun rights are actually a lot less restricted, like the Midwest, where we have almost no one. We don't have rallies. We don't have anyone organizing. We don't have anyone interested. And I personally think that that's just because they don't feel threatened the way we do. So they don't feel the need to get out there and protest. So it's kind of interesting how the involvement's divided. But then there are places, um, their marches are like at least um, supporting um, movements growing in other countries. Like there's a March for Our Rights Canada that's scheduled to happen next month. And there's also a March for Our Rights group in Australia. I'm not sure what they have planned, but I know that they exist. So that's kind of interesting. Wow, that's awesome. Definitely. So people who want to get involved, how can they help? Well, if you go on our website, it's m4or.org. Um, you guys can um, just like go through the scroll list. And one of the things on there says like volunteer, get involved. And there's just like a form and you fill it out. You, it sends to us. And then I think a grassroots representative will get back to you. They can help you start a campus on your chapter. If you're in high school, if you're an adult, they can help you volunteer um at our different events. If you're in college, it's like the same thing, chapter on your campus, volunteering. And if you want to donate, you can also click on our donate link and you can donate through PayPal or Red. So it's just like a lot of different ways to help out if you're interested in doing so. And what are some of the requirements to start a Students for Our Rights chapter? 
well, you have to go to a high school or college. You have to be allowed to have political chapters at your school. I know that a lot of high school chapters campuses don't allow for that and you just have to have at least two people which is a small requirement but that's all it takes to recruit and develop a club you like just have to have at least two people that basically just like write you have to write to us or like a couple paragraphs maybe and you just reach out to us and you tell us why you want to support students for a rise why you're supportive of the second amendment you have to give us all your social media so we can make sure like you're an actual person and um, then if we approve it, we just approve it. And then if you have any questions and if you need any materials from us, we basically just provide all the necessary requirements. Like I can help college students start a chapter since I've started chapters at different clubs at my campus and other campuses. And we just give them any help they need from there on. So how is it that you manage to balance this school, everything that you do? Because it seems like a lot of work. Yeah, honestly, it is a lot of work. It's kind of died down now, but it was really difficult last year when the semester was ending and I had school, I had finals, and I had this. Honestly, any second I wasn't in class, I was basically working on this. My social life kind of died. And over the summer, I worked a full-time job and I had to do this. So I would usually wake up at six in the morning and talk to individuals and organizations on the East Coast because it was a more normal time for them. And I would just talk to them until my 9 a.m. day job started. I would work for nine from 9 to 5, and then I would come home and do all the online stuff basically from 5 until I fell asleep every single day. Wow. So right now I'm lucky because I'm in a break period where I finished my job. My semester hasn't started yet. So I have a couple weeks to kind of just focus on this and my own personal and social life. Do you mind if I ask what you're going to school for? Um, no, that's fine. Um, I am a pre-law and business double major, so I want to be a lawyer in the future, and I'm either going to do business law or like political law and lobbying. So what is uh, what do you guys have planned for the future for the organization? Well, what we have planned now that semesters are starting is just developing major campus organizations, major campus clubs, and hosting big speakers like I myself was lucky enough to speak at a junior states conference, which is just basically an organization that promotes nonpartisan political involvement among high schoolers. And I got to meet so many high schoolers in California who were super excited to meet me and actually wanted me to come to their schools and speak. So we're developing a speaker program where myself and like four or five other representatives from our organization are going to go to different campuses and kind of speak to the students to increase involvement and just to increase education about the Second Amendment. And then we're also working with big organizations like Turning Point and the Leadership Institute and stuff to bring speakers that they're connected with through their organizations working with our organization. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Zena, uh, last question. What, what do you think is the, the future of the Second Amendment in the United States? I honestly don't know how to answer that question. I hope that the future of the Second Amendment is that it will continue within the net, um, continue as it is with the current amount of restrictions or less restrictions, hopefully, in the next 20, 30 years. But the reason why March for Our Rights started is because we feared otherwise. When we saw the reaction to the Parkland and to the Vegas shootings, we were scared that the Second Amendment wouldn't exist in 40, 50 years. So that was the future we're scared of, and that's the future we're working against. I love it. That That's a great answer. Lastly, how would you recommend people in the firearms media you know, us and others, like how, how do they reach out to people of your age, to college students? Like, what do you guys, 
what what are you receptive to? Like, how do we reach those ears and help promote organizations and and thoughts such as yours? I feel like that's like the most common question we get because I feel like that's what a lot of people are trying to do when they're trying to imitate how we were able to do it. And I honestly say, get a grassroots director, get a grassroots intern, or someone who's young. I know that my friend and co-colleague with March for Our Rights just started working with the NRA as a grassroots intern. And now as a young person who just graduated college, she's going to be able to reach out to all these other college students employing the stuff that we basically do. So I would say get someone who's young, someone who knows what it's like to be a college student or even high school student, and just allow them to consult you guys and give you guys input on if you create like a poster or like a graphic, do you think this will appeal to college students? Do you think this event will appeal to college students? Do you think this article is written in a way that a student would find genuine? And I think those are like important things to consider because at the end of the day, like subconsciously, I feel like young people want to associate with other young people or just things that seem more cool and like um, hip or whatever. And I think that what the what groups like the NRA and other groups fail to do is that their attempt to appeal to young people is too technical. It's not... It's not what we want. And I think the most successful organization to emulate if in order to um, appeal to young people is Turning Point USA. They do a great job of making everything so catchy and flashy that they are able to get so many high school and college students interested and involved. And I think that every single other large organization that isn't, you know, a little grassroots movement anymore that wants to do the same thing should kind of look up to that. All right. Very, very well put. Uh, Thank you so much, Zena, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for the work that you're doing out there and keep up the fantastic work that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And also, so for our listeners who want to find you on social media or your website, can you tell us what that information is? Yes. So our organizational website is m4or.org. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're March for our rights with the number four. And on Twitter, unfortunately, our username was taken. So now we're m4or official so just like our website and it just is official at that awesome and just for the record like i'm i'm hip like i get turned uh, i'm <laughs> cool af is that yeah, am i saying the no, right dude, thing you're almost 50 so <laughs> just step down <laughs> whatever um, maybe this is why you need help with <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks well, again Zena. and we know you have to run but we really appreciate you coming on the show and more importantly we really appreciate what you're doing for the second amendment so keep up the good work Thank you so much. All right. Talk soon. If you ever need anything, let us know. All right. Great. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You too. All right. Goodbye. All right. Matador Arms. Matador Arms. Let me get to this and then I'll play this. So Matador Arms, Canadians, love them. Yeah, we love them. Yeah. Like them a lot. All right. So because we're going to be talking about AKs, I'm actually putting their Sidewinder on my AK. Yeah. And that was the one thing. Cause I was like, man, I really wish they worked with ARs, but obviously they won't, but they do work with AKs. And since we're pimping out our AKs, yep. first thing I thought of was putting that sidewinder on there. Yep. So the sidewinder is basically a buffer tube adapter system. It screws into a buffer tube. So you need to get an adapter to put on your AK, then screw the sidewinder into that. Then you screw any normal, regular AR 15 buffer, pistol buffer, whatever it happens to be right into that, put any, AR-15 style stock that you want or brace or anything else on there. And bingo, bango, bongo, you have yourself a folding stock AK. 
And if you're interested in buying one, you can use the code GUNFUNNY10. That gets you 10% off. And that, I love discounts. Yeah, 10% off. And what also is really cool about Matador, they sponsor our prank calls. Oh, my gosh. that That is so awesome. And I'm just talking right now just so I can find this. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Uh, yes, hello, my name is Malcolm, and I was looking online to find uh, some rules for shooting, and I can't really find any There's just, like, so much conflicting info. Are there some simple rules that I should know before I take my gun out into the swamp? Um, really, when you take your gun, it should be unloaded. Um, no steel core ammo. That's that's pretty much it. All right, and th- these are these are the rules that just everyone goes by? Because I keep seeing something about four rules or something like that. Uh, what? So four rules. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. I, I know some I know some places have different rules. Okay, there's no like universal rules that I should follow and just, you know, like A, don't point the gun at your face. B, don't point <laughs> the gun at your wife's face unless she's being a bitch that day or something. <laughs> you know, there's like no rules like that. I mean, th- those are the common sense rules. <laughs> well, it wouldn't uh, be so I common if you knew my wife. <laughs> Um, really, I think usually it's, if, if, let's say your gun gets jammed, you would usually leave it pointing downrange and, and you'd get whoever is, uh, whoever is supervising the, the lane. Okay. To help. All right. You can do it yourself. All right. That sounds great. So what I've got so far, the, the three rules of gun safety, we got, uh, keep your gun unloaded, uh, no steel core ammo. And if your gun gets jammed, point it downrange and hope for help. Yeah. All right. That'll do. I, I feel much safe already. Thank you so much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, uh, some people just shouldn't work at a gun store. Dang. Like, I think we're 0 for 3 now as to people knowing gun rules when we call. Yeah, so the only person that knew was that guy. And he only last... said two. Yeah. So... And he was so mad about me saying, uh, because he said muscle. And you thought he said muscle. No, he did say muscle. He meant muzzle, but he said muscle. And then he got mad at me because I said, you know, talking about them dang old, uh, biceps and triceps. Dang old, and dang whatnot. Old. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, gun safety, guys. Uh, Ava, I don't even think I can recite the four gun safety rules. All right, rules. let's try it. Okay. Uh, number one, keep your gun unloaded. Uh, why? So what happens if somebody comes and attacks you? I just – that's what the guy said on the prank call. I don't know. All right. So uh, treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Uh-huh. Um, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Uh-huh. Know your target and what lies beyond. Uh, that's not necessarily – I mean that's one of the rules, but I don't think it's one of the four. That the NRA teaches. Um, okay. Uh, don't drink alcohol before you shoot. Keep your gun pointed in a safe motherfucking direction. That's okay. You didn't say that. Okay. Always keep the gun unloaded until ready to use. Okay. But that does not mean that whatever gun you're using for protection, that you have to keep that gun unloaded. Because if it's on you, if it's in your nightstand while you're sleeping at any given second, it's ready to be used. So it's totally fine to have that loaded. But let's say you own 20 other guns and you keep them stored in a gun safe. You're not going to store those 20 other guns loaded because your luck, you'd forget you, you'd forget which ones were loaded or your friends come over. You're like, Oh, check out my arsenal and they don't have great. Trigger di- or finger discipline, their fingers on the trigger, they pull the trigger, bam. Yeah, I fell asleep like four and a half minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> but All now right, you so, guys know. So, yeah, so keep your gun unloaded. 
Don't you no. steal coriander? God damn it. I just, Jesus. I'm just all stuck on this other guy and all the things that he said. And it's just also very let's, confusing. For let's me. just talk about Palm Rady. Oh, right. So we went shooting this weekend. Oh yeah. And Dude, it was fun. We shot so many guns. We shot all the guns. Oh my God. Like Guys, at the end of the day, I actually was thinking I'm tired of shooting guns. So feel my shoulder right now. Uh, no, thanks. It's so sore. Yeah. Hard pass. No, actually everything sore on me because we were shooting in like weird positions. Like we shot out of a car out of your Jeep because it's so shitty that we didn't really <laughs> care if it like scratched the paint. That'll do. And then, <laughs> and so I was like at one point doing some squats. So yeah, like my, my thighs and my butt hurts and then holding the guns out in front of you for long periods of time that hurt my arms and my shoulder because the AKs. They're not as comfortable as they are to shoot. Uh, when we shot the crap out of the AKs. Yeah. And we also shot my, my, uh, X-Tar EXP. Yeah. That thing. Okay. Because it has a shockwave race on it. Yeah. And those things are not comfortable. They're to, not supposed, they're to not, shoulder. they're actually not allowed to be comfortable to shoulder because then it, that would define it as intended for use, uh, shouldered. Well, we shouldered them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're allowed, but the shockwave race is not intended to be shouldered, which is why it's so uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. It felt yeah. like there was like a knife. Hitting. Oh no! And then when we were shooting it, I bit my freaking tongue. Oh yeah, that was actually that was like a, the first time that that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute!" You're like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I bit my tongue." <laughs> and I just started <laughs> laughing and dropped her AK in the mud. <laughs> All right, so polymer eighty. So while we were at the range, we did shoot our polymer eighties, and I gotta say, man, like their stuff is so nice. I know a lot of people refer to them as Glocks. They're not Glocks. They, you know, take all the Glock parts and stuff, but they are different than the actual Glock frame. And they're that's, what, they're what Glocks could have been. Yeah. And that's because of that 1911 angled frame that they have, which I think it makes it a lot more, you know, a lot more comfortable to shoot. Yeah. I totally agree. It's like Gaston Glock. Like if he would have been just a tiny bit more clever, he would have come up with Palmer 80s. He could have, should have, would have, but now he, he's stuck with that. He didn't. So design fun to shoot, easy to make your own. Don't let the liberal media know um, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're all up on 3D printed guns. Well, and, what if they and those about, ghost guns and the ghost guns and uh, oh, also Palmer 80s, you know, you don't have to register them. You don't have to put a serial number on them. If you that's don't. something that you're into, go ahead and do it. We've been allowed to make our own guns in our garages for personal use in this country for over 200 years. And we're not going to stop today. And Palmer 80 is driving the message. Yep. So go to Palmer 80.com. Ava literally just. Dude, because you are hitting the desk. Yeah, she, and she gave me the calm down motion. People can't see that you're hitting the desk. I'm they excited. can just hear it. Yeah. They hear this round, this random like. Yeah. Okay. So now you're hitting the mic. All right. <laughs> Polymer80.com. Check them out and tell them that we sent you. All right. Now let's actually talk just a little bit more about the AKs because I'm pretty excited about that. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So it turns out we both have the exact same AK. Oh my god! Which, Tw- hashtag twinning. Yeah, no kidding. You, we, like, we bought this these guns years ago, long before we ever even knew each other. Uh huh. And so, what is it? It's the Kalashnikov USA US three twenty Z or something. That was almost close. If you hit it with a hammer, it'll fire on accident. No, it's the US 132Z by Kalashnikov okay. USA. All right. So that's that's the model that we have. We bought them before they did away with the exportation, importation of... Segas and whatnot. Jesus, I can't even... Yeah, I'm today. like, uh, gee, uh, hold on. Let me save the day. 
<laughs> so, so we have them and they, we got the sporter edition, which is like so ugly. It comes with all this, like all these cheap, like furniture, like plastic Dude, furniture. And- they're not cheap. It's CAA Hartman. Uh, Mike. See, and I know that you're saying CAA, but I'm not even familiar with that with that company. Yeah. So they actually, they make, they make a lot of stuff and CAA is not generally thought of as junk. It's like not cheap either, but it is junk. Oh, it's like the stuff that was on our, our AKs was junk. It's tactical AF. Super tactical. So we decided, all right, let's take off that furniture and let's, let's uh, snazz it up a bit. We were looking for wood furniture and I got to say, man, wood furniture has really come up in price. There's this one company Soviet stocks, they make some really cool stuff where they stained it, you know, different stains and stuff, like some just really beautiful stuff. But you're looking at like $300 for the set. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Is it bathed in the blood of communists? Because otherwise I'm not, I'm not down. Like it's beautiful. It's great. I understand craftsmanship takes work. Craftsmanship costs money. But $300. I'm like, oh my God, I could have bought two AKs for that like five years ago. So then we decided, all right, let's do it on our own. Yeah. So let's find some wood furniture. How could we go wrong? Yeah. And how hard could it be to find wood furniture? Uh, really freaking hard, apparently. So hard. So we finally found it at uh, Apex Gun Parts. Yeah. Which turns out they're actually here local in Colorado. Yeah. What? We thought that we could just stop by, look at all the wood furniture, pick and choose. Nope. It's nope. a warehouse. Yeah. It's by appointment only. And that's only if you're going to pick up your online purchase. Well, yeah. It's like an online warehouse. They only sell via their website. And even going there, it's they're like not set up for it. Yeah. So we found two sets of wood furniture. Uh, what did we pay? It was like $45? $49 for Romanian wood set with a Bakelite grip. And uh, it was all mismatched furniture. Okay. So, yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. So w- what we did was we soaked it in some stripper. Is that what it's called? We uh, put a stripper on it? I think the name was Mercedes, actually. Okay, yeah. So Mercedes took off all of that varnish. We put it in a prison pocket and the acid, <laughs> acidophilus <laughs> wore it off. And uh, then after that, we sanded it. A lot. So, yeah, we went to town. We we smoked a bunch of meth and we went to town and sanded it. It was so great. <laughs> actually, we just drank some coffee. And then... Whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> then we went to uh, Sherwin-Williams. Mm-hmm. And we got some stain. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the stain that I was looking for. So I had them make it. And even then when I put on a coat, it was still kind of light. So I actually mixed some of your stain and I kind of created my own color because the gray, I wanted to do gray because you don't see a lot of gray furniture out there. So I wanted to be a little bit different and you wanted like a brown with some red in it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mixed a little bit of yours with some of my gray, stained it. It was kind of difficult to get kind of similar colors because of the different wood and oh and then this is funny so after after we stained it then we put that poly what is it called it was just an acrylic finish yeah finish and so this is funny so then it it says on the directions that after you put that finish on it that you're going to sand it off yeah let it dry and then hit it with some 220 uh grit sandpaper so sean like an idiot he hits it with that 220 paper and it took the stain off yeah it was so funny uh you can see a video on the Facebook Patreon group. So I actually got to re- to sand and stain my stock two times. Yep. And uh, yeah. So anyways, we just posted pictures on our Instagram where we're shooting it. And it looks, I think it came out really nice. They're so sexy. Like I honestly want to get another AK just so I can put all the, all the manicure arm stuff on one and have the other one just wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we could get one that's like more modern looking and then the other that's classic. What I'm doing is this week, I'm actually going to take off all the wood furniture and I'm going to replace it with, I'm putting a Kyber Customs top cover on it, going to use the... Manicore Arms Alpha Rail? Yep. And then, oh, Kyber Customs grip. It's going to be a wood grip. And then I'm going to use the the triangle stock. The Manicore Arms triangle stock. Yeah. So that should look pretty cool. With the Stormworks hinge and a Stormworks Type 2 adapter. Mm-hmm. And then when that's all said and done, I'm going to take off that stock and then I'm going to add the <laughs> it's a, the Matador Arm Sidewinder. It's a fucking AK, not a Barbie. <laughs> it's my new Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah. So basically what I'm saying is I need three AKs for what I want to do. Yeah. So anyone out there who's got some AKs that are just rusting in their basement, send them. Yeah, we'll buy them. Yeah. Send it. Well, obviously legal. Ava has an FFL, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, wait, wait. Did you say buy them? <laughs> no, I meant just send them. Okay. Yeah. Just send them. Send them, please. Yeah. And now I kind of want a crank. What is it? A crank. What is that? A crank off. Uh, is that like a type of AK? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, short. see, that's the thing. Like we have no Look. idea. Oh, that is so cute. Oh my gosh. I want one. No, I said it first. You guys heard it. Oh, she's so mad right now. No, I'm just trying to figure out how. So it looks like it's almost like a Draco. Yeah. That looks like a Draco that you're taking a picture. That's a Zestava M92. Okay. So a little AK pistol. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep you guys updated on our AK projects, but we're definitely going into the dark side and I kind of like it. I mean, it's okay. I got to say, I like working on ARs a lot more. Um, That's just because you're not familiar with the AK. No, I literally never, ever have to get my Dremel out for my ARs, but I've had to get the Dremel out for every single thing I've done on the AKs. Also, your shit is busted. Don't, don't like do pushups on it or anything. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I should have just got a pro to do this, but Oopsie. instead I had to settle for Sean. Oopsie. All right. So, and if you guys have any cool stuff that you like AK wise, uh, we're going to get some RS regulate optic mounts to throw on there. But yeah, tag us. If there's any other products that we don't know about, which I'm sure we don't because we don't have a ton of knowledge, um, just tag us and let us know. But we're learning and we're going and all right. I'm getting. Uh, getting ahead of myself. Let's let's move on here. What's next, Ava? iTunes reviews. Oh, my favorite part. All right, so reviews. Reviews are fun. You can leave them on iTunes or Facebook, and and we'll definitely get them and read them on the show. We truly appreciate it, and it helps people decide whether to listen or not. They go look at reviews. I look at reviews for everything. So if you haven't left us one, please go do and tell your friends to do it as well when you tell them to listen to the show. So do I have to read these today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Purveyor of Crom. Five stars. Tickles is the best. This is the best all-female podcast on the internet. Ava is awesome and Sean likes spending time in county. All in all, the show is informative and insightful. I especially love deconstructing the industry. I all seriousness, Ava and Sean are super friendly and a hoot to be around. With the Purveyor of Crom, I think I know who left this review. Who do you think it was? Conan. Oh. Because Crom is Conan's god. Gotcha. And we, Conan's one of our Patreons. We met him in Vegas. I was shop teacher says five stars, super funny and life changing. Oh, life changing. Awesome podcast. The Chewbacca episode was so great. I listened to it four times. The prank calls have become my favorite thing of all the podcasts I listen to. I've never heard a better impression of Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is expecting our second child in a couple of months and I'm going in between the names 
Hector, Malcolm, or Balthazar, but definitely will not be Regina. Thanks for the great show. <laughs> I was shop teacher. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thanks for the review, man. That is completely awesome. And again, please leave us reviews. It helps people find the show. And I want to give away some gun funny swag. So what? why don't you pick a winner out of the two? Um, let's see. Oh, that is impossible to choose. They're both great. And I know who both of them are. Should we just pick both? Yeah. All right. So both you guys contact us. You're the winners. We're yeah. going to send you something cool. Yeah. And remember, what is best in life, Ava? Is free. No. To crush your enemies. I'm sorry. To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. Okay. Well, I guess that didn't go where I thought. So let's wrap this thing up, Ava. All right. So, guys, you can find us at gunfunny.com. All of your uh, – all the links to social media where you can listen to it on – iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of that is posted on the website. If you can't get enough of us, think about becoming a Patreon. Our Patreon group is definitely growing, and we are still doing a handguard giveaway, ATI Outdoors handguard giveaway. I think we're like two Patreons away from hitting that, so definitely think about becoming a Patreon. You really only have to pledge a dollar, a (laughs) dollar a month, uh, or if you want to be part of our monthly raffle, $5 $5 a month and you get to win all this cool stuff. And usually it's stuff that we get sent to do some uh, T&E on. Yeah. So, Once we finish with it, we, we like to give it to our listeners. Mm-hmm. And or you can even, you know, depending on your, your pledge, you can pledge $25. We'll say your name. Yeah. So there's there's a pledge level. I think Ava actually just had a stroke. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Are you okay? Do you smell toast? Okay. All right. Well, I'll finish the show then because I think she's, she's, some, that, w- that would be great. Seizure, Sean. something. I don't know what's going on. So we have a $25 level. When you do that, we say your name on the show. Two $25 Patreons right now, Corbin Bonafide and Iraq Veteran 8888, who we will see very soon, October 5th through 7th in Georgia. And then our king of the Patreons is who? Adam Balzer from Charger Arms. And Adam is a factory certified Cerakote applicator. Dealer of silencers, SBRs, and machine guns. He's currently working on two Cerakote projects for Ava, and we're going to have him on the show in the near future. But the reason that I just read that is because he's the king of the Patreon. So he donates the most per month in our Patreon program and therefore gets to have us read basically whatever he wants us to say. And it could say horrible things like Malcolm is a loser, but fortunately he hasn't gone there yet. So anyway, go check that out. Become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash gunfunny. Enter to win one in 50 chance right now to win an ATI uh, outdoors strike force 15 inch handguard. And I think that's it. Uh, thank you very much to Zena for being on the show. Absolutely. And thank you, Kenny Ortega. Uh, he actually is going to edit this show because of your guys's Patreon, Patreon pledges. We were able to afford an editor and that is Kenny Ortega. So thanks so much, Kenny. All right. That sounds good. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? Yeah. All right, guys, stay strong. We're going to see you next week. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.